Chapter Two of the Crimson Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jenny Lundack. The Crimson Fairy Book, edited by Andrew Lang. Chapter Two Lucky Luck. Once upon a time there was a king who had an only son. When the lad was about eighteen years old, his father had to go to fight in a war against a neighboring country, and the king led his troops in person. He bade his son act as regent in his absence, but ordered him on no account to marry till his return. Time went by. The prince ruled the country and never even thought of marrying. But when he reached his twenty-fifth birthday, he began to think that it might be rather nice to have a wife, and he thought so much that at last he got quite eager about it. He remembered, however, what his father had said, and waited some time longer, till at last it was ten years since the king went out to war. Then the prince called his courtiers about him and set off with a great retinue, to seek a bride. He hardly knew which way to go, so he wandered about for twenty days, when suddenly he found himself in his father's camp. The king was delighted to see his son, and had a great many questions to ask and answer, but when he heard that instead of quietly waiting for him at home, the prince was starting off to seek a wife, he was very angry and said, you may go where you please, but I will not leave any of my people with you. Only one faithful servant stayed with the prince and refused to part from him. They journeyed over hill and dale till they came to a place called Goldtown. The king of Goldtown had a lovely daughter, and the prince, who soon heard about her beauty, could not rest till he saw her. He was very kindly received for he was extremely good-looking, and had charming manners, so he lost no time in asking for her hand, and her parents gave her to him with joy. The wedding took place at once, and the feasting and rejoicings went on for a whole month. At the end of the month they set off for home, but as the journey was a long one, they spent the first evening at an inn. Everyone in the house slept and only the faithful servant kept watch. About midnight he heard three crows who had flown to the roof talking together. That handsome couple which arrived here tonight, it seems quite a pity they should lose their lives so soon. Truly, said the second crow, for tomorrow when midday strikes, the bridge over the gold stream will break just as they are driving over it. But listen, Whoever overhears and tells what we have said will be turned to stone up to his knees. The crows had hardly done speaking when away they flew, and close upon them followed three pigeons. Even if the prince and princess get safe over the bridge, they will perish, said they, for the king is going to send a carriage to meet them, which looks as new as paint. But when they are seated in it, 
a raging whirlwind will rise and whirl the carriage away into the clouds then it will fall suddenly to earth and they will be killed but anyone who hears and betrays what we have said will be turned to stone up to his waist with that the pigeons flew off and three eagles took their places and this is what they said if the young couple does manage to escape the dangers of the bridge and the carriage the king means to send them each a splendid gold embroidered robe when they put these on they will be burnt up at once but whoever hears and repeats this will turn to stone from head to foot early the next morning the travellers got up and breakfasted they began to tell each other of their dreams at last the servant said gracious prince i dreamt that if your royal highness would grant all i asked we should get home safe and sound but if you did not we should certainly be lost my dreams never deceive me so i entreat you to follow my advice during the rest of the journey don't make such a fuss about a dream said the prince dreams are but clouds still to prevent your being anxious i will promise to do as you wish with that they set out on their journey at midday they reached gold stream when they got to the bridge the servant said let us leave the carriage here my prince and walk a little way the town is not far off and we can easily get another carriage there for the wheels of this one are bad and will not hold out much longer the prince looked well at the carriage he did not think it looked so unsafe as his servant said but he had given his word and he held to it they got down and loaded the horses with the luggage the prince and his bride walked over the bridge but the servant said he would ride the horses through the stream so as to water and bathe them they reached the other side without harm and bought a new carriage in the town which was quite near and set off once more on their travels but they had not gone far when they met a messenger from the king who said to the prince his majesty has sent your royal highness this beautiful carriage so that you may make a fitting entry into your own country amongst your own people the prince was so delighted that he could not speak but the servant said my lord let me examine this carriage first and then you can get in if i find it is all right otherwise we had better stay in our own the prince made no objections and after looking the carriage well over the servant said it is as bad as it is smart and with that he knocked it all to pieces and they went on in the one that they had bought at last they reached the frontier there another messenger was waiting for them who said that the king had sent two splendid robes for the prince and his bride and begged that they would wear them for their state entry but the servant implored the prince to have nothing to do with them and never gave him any peace till he had obtained leave to destroy the robes the old king was furious when he found that all his arts had failed that his son still lived and that he would have to give up the crown to him now he was married for that was the law of the land 
he longed to know how the prince had escaped and said my dear son i do indeed rejoice to have you safely back but i cannot imagine why the beautiful carriage and the splendid robes i sent did not please you why you had them destroyed indeed sire said the prince i was myself much annoyed at their destruction but my servant had begged to direct everything on the journey and i had promised him that he should do so he declared that we could not possibly get home safely unless i did as he told me the king fell into a tremendous rage he called his council together and condemned the servant to death the gallows was put up in the square in front of the palace the servant was led out and his sentence read to him the rope was being placed around his neck when he begged to be allowed a few last words on the journey home he said we spent the first night at an inn i did not sleep but kept watch all night and then he went on to tell what the crows had said and as he spoke he turned to stone up to his knees the prince called to him to say no more as he had proved his innocence but the servant paid no heed to him and by the time his story was done he had turned to stone from head to foot oh how grieved the prince was to lose his faithful servant and what pained him most was the thought that he was lost through his very faithfulness and he determined to travel all over the world and never rest till he found some means of restoring him to life now there lived at court an old woman who had been the prince's nurse to her he confided all his plans and left his wife the princess in her care you have a long way to go before you my son said the old woman you must never return till you have met with lucky luck if he cannot help you no one on earth can so the prince set off to find lucky luck he walked and walked till he got beyond his own country and he wandered through a wood for three days but did not meet a living being in it at the end of the third day he came to a river near which stood a large mill here he spent the night when he was leaving next morning the miller asked him my gracious lord where are you going all alone and the prince told him then i beg your highness to ask lucky luck this question why is it that though i have an excellent mill with all its machinery complete and get plenty of grain to grind i am so poor that i hardly know how to live from one day to another the prince promised to inquire and went on his way he wandered about for three days more and at the end of the third day saw a little town it was quite late when he reached it but he could discover no light anywhere and walked almost right through it without finding a house where he could turn in but far away at the end of town he saw a light in a window he went straight to it and in the house were three girls playing a game together the prince asked for a night's lodging and they took him in gave him supper and got a room ready for him where he slept next morning when he was leaving they asked where he was going and he told them his story 
gracious prince said the maidens do ask lucky luck how it happens that here we are over thirty years old and no lover has come to woo us though we are good pretty and very industrious the prince promised to inquire and went on his way then he came to a great forest and wandered about in it from morning to night and from night to morning before he got near the other end here he found a pretty stream which was different from other streams as instead of flowing it stood still and began to talk sir prince tell me what brings you to these wilds i must have been flowing here a hundred years and more and no one has ever yet come by i will tell you answered the prince if you will divide yourself so that i may walk through the stream parted at once and the prince walked through without wetting his feet and directly he got to the other side he told his story as he had promised oh do ask lucky luck cried the brook why though i am such a clear bright rapid stream i never have a fish or any other living creature in my waters the prince said he would do so and continued his journey when he got quite clear of the forest he walked on through a lovely valley till he reached a little house thatched with rushes and he went in to rest for he was very tired everything in the house was beautifully clean and tidy and a cheerful honest-looking old woman was sitting by the fire good morning mother said the prince may luck be with you my son what brings you to these parts i am looking for lucky luck replied the prince then you have come to the right place my son for i am his mother he is not at home just now he is out digging in the vineyard do you go too here are two spades when you find him begin to dig but don't speak a word to him it is now eleven o'clock when he sits down to eat his dinner sit beside him and eat with him after dinner he will question you and then tell him all your troubles freely he will answer whatever you may ask with that she showed him the way and the prince went and did just as she had told him after dinner they lay down to rest all of a sudden lucky luck began to speak and said tell me what sort of man are you for since you came here you have not spoken a word i am not dumb replied the young man but i am that unhappy prince whose faithful servant has been turned to stone and i want to know how to help him and you do well for he deserves everything go back and when you get home your wife will just have had a little boy take three drops of blood from the child's little finger rub them on your servant's wrists with a blade of grass and he will return to life i have another thing to ask said the prince when he had thanked him in the forest near here is a fine stream but not a fish or other living creature in it why is this because no one has ever been drowned in the stream 
but take care in crossing to get as near the other side as you can before you say so or you may be the first victim yourself another question please before i go on my way here i lodged one night in the house of three maidens all were well-mannered hard-working and pretty and yet none has had a wooer why was this because they always throw out their sweepings in the face of the sun and why is it that a miller who has a large mill with all the best machinery and gets plenty of corn to grind is so poor that he can hardly live from day to day because the miller keeps everything for himself and does not give to those who need it the prince wrote down the answers to his questions took friendly leave of lucky luck and set off for home when he reached the stream it asked if he brought it any good news when i get across i will tell you said he so the stream parted he walked through and on to the highest part of the bank he stopped and shouted listen o stream lucky luck says you will never have any living creature in your waters until someone is drowned in you the words were hardly out of his mouth when the stream swelled and overflowed till it reached the rock up which he had climbed and dashed so far up it that the spray flew over him but he clung on tight and after failing to reach him three times the stream returned to its proper course then the prince climbed down dried himself in the sun and set out on his march home he spent the night once more at the mill and gave the miller his answer and by and by he told the three sisters not to throw out all their sweepings in the face of the sun the prince had hardly arrived at home when some thieves tried to ford the stream with a fine horse they had stolen when they were halfway across the stream rose so suddenly that it swept them all away from that time it became the best fishing stream in the countryside the miller too began to give alms and became a very good man and in time grew so rich that he hardly knew how much he had and the three sisters now that they no longer insulted the sun had each a wooer within the week when the prince got home he found that his wife had just got a fine little boy he did not lose a moment in pricking the baby's finger till the blood ran and he brushed it on the wrists of the stone figure which shuddered all over and split with a loud noise in seven parts and there was the faithful servant alive and well when the old king saw this he foamed with rage stared wildly about flung himself on the ground and died the servant stayed on with his royal master and served him faithfully all the rest of his life and if neither of them is dead he is serving him still from ungarish maharen end of chapter two lucky luck 
Recording by Jenny Lundack, South Padre Island. Recorded in March 2010.